Yes. All right. Yes. Hello, everyone. It is me. Um, cool. I think I'm organised, but you know how these things go sometimes. Um, yeah, welcome. Um, shout out to know, House Gatherings, Dan Dev. He's overseas. I think he's in France. Probably having a date right now. Shout out to Dan. <laughs> it's the middle of the night, is it? Oh, yeah. It's like Saturday night. All right. Um, shout out to Brahman Dai. They're at uh, Indonesia. Um, we love you. We miss you. Um, Bali Life, that's really exciting. And I think it's um, Edwin and Billion um, that will kind of head it up and pack up and do that. I watched a bit of their service last week. That's awesome. We're with you. We're going to support you. I'm sure we're all going to grow in, you know, making that church or, you know, that that thing, whatever we can do. Um, you know what I'm trying to say. We're, we're with you. It's great. Um, it's really good to see, um, you know, the kingdom of God on the earth and, you know, him moving. Um, so that's great. So next week we're online and then the following week we're, at, uh, we're together at Baldwin. So come on, let's try to make it... Um, I think we've roped Herman and May, a classic old feast like they used to do. Yes. So come on, get there in two weeks. Um, let's worship together. Let's spend time together. I think um, that set up, we can, it, you know, we can, we can have a bit more time together and, um, you know, it's a bit more comfortable. So, well, hopefully. <sighs> awesome. Um, so be there in two weeks. All right. <clears throat> um, so I guess to recap, uh, the last month plus, um, um, you know, Carbon spoke uh, five weeks ago. It was it was so good. He spoke on Second Timothy, and I wanted to touch on that today. Um, and then Di jumped up and shared her testimony, and uh, spread over three weeks with some thoughts, and it was unreal. So we'll. Te- touch on that so thanks Di and then um Josh last week was which was awesome and then touched on vulnerability and you know our hearts and stuff um and we had a great time at the end so we're going to touch on that again um but I guess I wanted to share a little bit yeah so we're gonna we're gonna share on those things excuse me but um I also wanted to share about I think where our church is at at the moment and the body of Christ a little bit if that's all right um so take as you will but um you know six months ago I thought um you know I would have I said that you know we're kind of going through a refiner's fire um type of thing and I think um and I yeah I think now God's just softening our hearts like you know, not just see the thing with fire is that I used to always think about fire as either doom and gloom, like, bah, or, um, or like a purification, like the gold, you know, purifying gold. But I guess I was reminded, I was actually reminded about my dad that is retired now, but, um, you know, he worked in 30, 40 years of metal forging. So, um, and what they'll do is, 
um, you know, it was pretty intense heat and that would soften the hardest of metals. And I think that's God, what God's doing now. It's not, it's not like we're all hard hearts and we'll need to repent necessarily, but there are, you know, there's things God's softening our church uh, collectively, is softening our leaders, softening all the you guys, um, the body of Christ, it's not just our church, but I think it's happening, you know, across Australia. Um, so you can take that as, uh, and I think we're going through it. So you can take that as a prophetic thing or just my thought. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm, cool. Thanks, Josh. Um, so here's the thing. Um, I think then we're going to see revival in other areas of our lives. So jo- Josh mentioned last week that, you know, revival starts within us. And I totally agree. Like, um, you know, you have those there's moments in life or moments in the Bible where it's like a cloud of glory. and But so much of Jesus, uh, his, his um the parables and his teachings were about your heart and and not being a part of this world and yeah and I guess going to all the um the rest of the New Testament with the letters and everything um not being part of this world and stuff and I think that's that's where God wants his revival there's it's not coincidence that there's so much spoken about that. Um, so yeah, there's like a cloud of glory at times and some, you know, um, you know, when we associate the term revival, we think to some sort of mega move and that is true. But, um, I think God's really reviving or, or, you know, doing it in our hearts. Um, and then, so, you know, from that, I think we're going to see giving like we haven't done before. I think we're going to see and have worship like we haven't done before. Um, we're going to have love for others like we haven't before, you know. Um, yeah, you know, when you walk into like a cafe or something or, or uh, somewhere you just don't know anyone, you know, how, how do you love them all there, you know, but this, that's that's a father's heart that we need to we need to grasp onto. We need to grab. God show me that love, and then you you walk in those places, and you're like, oh man, I actually feel God's love for all of these strangers. Um, and that's I encourage you, like when you go to somewhere or something, find the father's heart in that. You know, God told us to love even our enemies and stuff, and that's the thing with. So I wanted to touch on what what is a hard heart then. Um, but I want to make this comment: like we, we we can love God or you know, and be soft in so many areas. But then there's some areas and parts of our lives where we're like so hardened. Like, yeah, I love the church or I love God, whatever. Yeah, great. But then I've got so much. Um, you know, anger or, or like resentment to whoever, like, oh, they did that to me 10 years ago and I just, I just hate them for it. And um, there's a lot of scripture. <laughs> Jesus went really hard on this. He, you know, he said 
to let go of that stuff, to turn the other cheek and not to be walked over or trampled on, but to let go of that. And that's, that's, that's a part of, that can be a hard heart, the resentment. Like, it's like, you know, the body, we're talking about the body of Christ and if you imagine a human figure, it's like you got this working, but this is like limp, you know, like it's just, it's not effective. It's just partially effective. Um, and that can be a story with our hearts. So that's what I think God's just working through all of us. So um, why does our heart become hard? Because um, we get hurt from other people. Things happen. Um, and or, or like, you know, you've stepped out and said something and, you know, hasn't been received well and we a few months ago we talked about the fear of man i think that's kind of true we can harden our hearts we can go oh no i can't say that anymore yeah you know you can maybe about the gospel like i'm just too scared of what they're going to think or just in general like you know ah i'm going to block this bit off of my heart because i don't want that to get hurt and so we can have this like partial thing going on. Yeah, I love God. Yeah, I love whatever. But, you know, sometimes uh, it's a coping mechanism. Oh, I guess that's the same thing. Hey, it's a coping mechanism. So you kind of harden, you shut off, and um, and you don't let God move in that area. You let him move in other areas, and he does. But then there's, this all, there's always this thing. Um. Or we harden our heart because we think we know better. And I, (laughs) yeah, this is what, let's think about what Satan likes to do. He'll leave and make your sin, right? Or he'll kind of stress you out, take up your time, or um, play with this in your mind, you know. That's, if you think about like prophecy, the most, you know, you're effect, you're prophesying well or you're effective when you're least thinking. <laughs> you're letting that spirit just talk through you. Um, and um, I think that can be the same. Um, I think Satan can get in our minds. Um, the heart of the heart. The, the harder it is to God for God to in, invade our lives. Um, so if that's yeah. So people can get all textbook about it. They can know the words so well. They can know the scripture, but they're just you know either don't have love or you know whatever. And then I guess that's why Paul said it's a clanging symbol. <laughs> what a funny analogy. Um, I love it, clanging sound. I wonder what that is in the Greek or something, some, some sort of <laughs> the best analogy. It's so true. It's so true. We don't need we don't need that in this world, especially. We've got a lot of people that have got a lot of opinions. Um, yeah. So I, me- I mentioned like our, our minds, like I think that's where You know, even thinking about um, Adam and Eve, like 
how did Satan make us fall? It's kind of just twisting the truth and go, well, you know. And then what did Adam do after all that? He hid. Um, isn't that interesting? And again, God goes, you know, where are you? Like he didn't know. But so hiding's not the sin. Hiding's kind of the consequence of the action he took afterwards. But hiding's not in Christ, really. Think about, you know, the light and the lampstand and stuff, you know, that, that parable or whatever it was that Jesus said. Um, yeah, like we're not meant to hide from stuff. You know, when we've got problems, we're not meant to run away from church or run away or hide or, or block our hearts. That's, that's kind of hiding. That's kind of what Adam did. And it's not, you know, it's not what God wants. Um, hmm. um, where am I now? The, um, yeah, the enemy doesn't like throw a bunch of knives at you and blast you with a machine gun or whatever. He uses things, you know, um, he used the, the, you know, the, the tree and the fruit or whatever with that, with Adam, if you think about it, if, we, if we're talking about that, he, he twists the truth. It's not sometimes a blatant all that lie. It's like, well, you know, kind of twists the truth. So I want to bring up a few scriptures that just will encourage us in, in our thoughts here. Um, Ephesians 6.12. Um, uh, if you got it, uh, I can't read it from here. Yeah, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic power. Oh, that's an interesting translation. Cosmic powers and present darkness against spiritual forces of evil in his heavenly places. Um, we don't warfare with our flesh. Do you see what I mean? Like Satan gets in our head or other people's head. So then when you have a situation, like we've got to actually step, we've got to step above that. We've got to be a bit smarter and go, okay, no, this is actually what's happened. Like it's a spiritual thing, isn't it? I'm not being super spiro, but I'm just saying like how the enemy can kind of attack this guy. Does that make sense? Um, 2 Corinthians 10.3, for, um, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. We're called to be set apart. We're not called to fight like the rest of the world does. And that, that's, you know, that's a problem with influence that we, we can become like-minded with, um, with others not of the faith. And, and God teaches us to do to be different. Um, and in Zechariah 4, 6, this is why this is why it says it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Now I know that, that Zechariah prophecy is dealing with stuff, but it, my point there is, yeah, it's by God wants us to work by his spirit, doesn't he? Um, so one more scripture I was reminded about um, 
was the parable of the storehouse, I think it's called, Luke 12, 16 to 21. Uh, if you can throw it up. I think I gave it to you. Maybe I missed it. Luke 12, 16 to 21. Ah, cool. I'm going to paraphrase it because I can't read it. <laughs> um, basically, he had an abundance of whatever his businessman and then he goes, hey, I'll just knock up a second place and store it. And that's a smart, normal idea. <laughs> I'm like, that's what I'll do. Um, and then the last part of that scripture is important. Um, wow, what is that? All right. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what is the last part of the scripture? It says, it, you know, um, Oh, is he still me a black background? Yes, thank you, sir. Hey, what is? No, nah, tell tell me it. Yeah, this is how it'll be for th- for people that store up for themselves but not rich towards God. The, my point here. I mean, we could read in this parable a lot of ways, but my, my, I guess my point or my take on it is that our ways or our thoughts aren't God's ways. Like, hey, it's pretty logical. Just build up the next thing and store it, you know. And I think he's not having to go at that. He's, he's Jesus is saying, you know, um, you're just neglecting everyone and you're you're neglecting giving and you're just about yourself and you're storing up for yourself. Um, and that's that's the big point. Like we've got to be renewed. Um, that's why Romans 12, 2 exists. Renewing of your mind and then you'll see God's will. This is why Colossians 3 verse 2 says, set your mind on things above. This is why preachers and churches kind of, you know, always go, oh, you're going to be changed, you're going to be changed. And I used to think, oh, man, if I was, if I came out every service changed, I'd be bipolar. <laughs> I didn't, never got it. But I guess what they're trying to say is that we need, we need our minds renewed. Hey. So anyways, this is um, softening our hearts. This is an invitation um, for us, for our church, you know, to, to keep pursuing it's not salvation but it's to not be like the pharisee that just knows it all but has no fruit um because no one wants to follow that or they do follow that because it's exciting but it falls away it always falls away because there's no substance there's no fruit the exciting thing the the flashy thing goes away it does it never lasts um yeah, so that's why God wants to soften our hearts. This is for everyone. This is for me, you know. Um, you know, God says, examine your heart. I think that's what he means. Like, yeah, we can, I think it's easy to love God. But I don't think it's as easy sometimes to love your brother or your 
you know, your enemy or things that have gone wrong. Hmm. Cool. Um, yes. Anything to add, Abs? No? All right, good. <laughs> Ryan? I'll ask you at the end. Um, yeah, Carvin talked about Second Timothy, and, and he said go read it, so I went and read it. <laughs> Sounds stupid, but if he, didn't, if he said read it and he didn't read it, come on. I'm going to kick you up the butts right now. Go read it today or whenever. Um, this is actually what struck me out of all of it, and I you know, did some highlights. I don't think we need to go through it. What struck me, though, was this is a letter from a mentor to someone else. This isn't a, a letter to the church. It's actually quite different context when you think about it. This is a, you know, it's a letter from a mentor or a colleague. I, I haven't counted how many books are in the Bible there are like that. It's probably not many. I think that's why it's special because previously I didn't read it like, I read it like all the other letters, you know, Colossians and all of that. And it's actually quite different. And you go into it and you see, well, this is what I think. You see pure discipleship. It's, it's so good. Um, and and, I, and start, I started thinking, like, you know, there's so much encouragement. He's like, you know, fan the, fan the flame, the gift of God. And that's in the, the first chapter. He's encouraging his brother, you know. He's like, hey, come on. Do it. And I, we do it in a church context every Sunday. Like there's, you know, there's a sermon. And there's, there's a lot of encouragement and that's awesome. I guess that's more like the letter to the churches. But how I was thinking like how much do we approach our brothers and sisters, like brotherly discipleship, like the letters of Timothy? I think, and partly, I mean, I think sometimes we're too scared to either offer any advice or correction because we're, you know, we don't want to be Spiro or whatever. Um, we don't want to be a know-it-all or, you know, we just go about our own way. And um, I was pretty struck by it. Still thinking about it a lot. But if it's in the Bible, it's it's an example for us. And I think... There is an encouragement there that, hey, we've got to be lifting one another up. Not saying write an old school letter necessarily, but hey, like perhaps we need to get into our into our lives more and give that, hey, come on, don't forget such and such. Or even it's like, hey man, you know, um I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, whatever it is, like, I think there is such a good example in Timothy. So I encourage you to read it. So a little bit about discipleship. And I said there's, you know, a lot of people in this world talk. So what sets us apart or um, how should you choose who to be discipled from? Or how do you you judge that? Um, so I thought I had a couple of thoughts. The first one was, 
you know, uh, uh, Apostle Paul said, pick, pick the elders by the fruits. I think looking at people's fruits is a good judgment. Like not just by what they're saying, but what do they actually do? Um, Cause a lot of people say stuff, but um, I think what sets apart an integral person is by what they do and not seeking praise for it either. So there's something there. Maybe you look for how they conduct themselves when they fall, when it gets tough. Because um, uh, I remember like, you know, years ago when I jumped on the worship team leadership and ran it for a little bit, you know, at the start it was like, ah, oh, you know, Chooks is so awesome. I'm, I'm thinking wait till something happens and we disagree. Then then judge me. Then uh, if I'm so awesome, that that's great. But do, do you know what I mean? It's like everyone looks great from the cover of their book. But when, um, yeah, I think there's something about like seeing people's fruit. Um, I guess with that, you know, are they led by the spirit? Or not, uh, and not just using the spirit. So Romans one, it's so awesome. It just opens up with talking about being led by the spirit, and there's such a difference: being led by the spirit, or just knowing the spirit, or being used by, or using the spirit. Because being led is a reflection of their relationship. Um, and I guess the other. Thing I want the point I wanted to make is you know is it in love or are they in love are they saying anything in love otherwise it's the clanging symbol thing um, real love is inconvenienced meaning I'll give my my example is I love Alana that's convenient but it's the inconvenience parts and stuff is where the True love shows. Um, Jesus had compassion, so he went out of his way. You know, the, the, if you pick up those few verses amongst the Gospels, you know, it says Jesus had compassion. And I think the, the difference, well, the, the compassion means he actually had to do something. It's not, not, it's not empathy, it's not sympathy, but it's compassion. Compassion is where you actually... Okay, you have sympathy, you have whatever, you have feeling, but you actually act on it. And I love those, you know, you read through the Gospels and this is Jesus had compassion and and that's great because that's love. It's not just the saying I love you, but, you know, doing stuff. And that's the same for church. Ah, cool. Um, and then... There's vulnerability, so let's touch on that a little bit because um, this has been impacting me a lot. So I also um, uh, moved but uh, in a good way and just loved seeing our mother in the house die speak for the last couple of weeks. I tell you what, if you're from another church or you, you go to another church one day, um, you need a minister that can admit their flaws or go or share their testimony from where they come from 
or what's happening. In other words, um, being vulnerable. And I think that's a big part of, I was talking about discipleship, that, that's a massive part of discipleship or, um, yeah, um, you know, discipleship's real life. It's not just the whatever. Um, and a testimony, it can't, it can't be argued, right? Um, you can't argue my experience or you can make an opinion about my experience, but you can't say that it's not real. It's real for me. And that's the beauty about a testimony. And that's what's so beautiful when it's in discipleship. It's not just textbook, but it's actually real life. And that's what, man, that's what I love. I'm reminded about, I was thinking about it. I was reminded about the, you know, in the gospels, the demon possessed guy who Jesus healed as actually in the three, it's it's described in three of the four gospels. Um, So we don't need to bring it or read it, but you guys know it. Um. What struck me about that is, okay, so he gets healed and then he wants to follow Jesus naturally around because Jesus is doing his tour. And he goes, and Jesus goes, no, stay in your region and tell people what has happened or what I've done. Um, why is that? Because, because it's bigger than any anything a Pharisee can teach, that, that testimony. That's discipleship. Um. You know, it says, uh, you know, with love against such things, there's no law, or I guess the, against the fruit of the Spirit. I, I kind of struggled in the past to understand what that actually meant. But, you know, it's so true when you have a soft heart, when you have love, and when you have and you're sharing a testimony there, and that there's the fruit of that, the fruit of the soft heart, you can't argue that that's there's no law against that like it's you know it's the application of love I guess what I'm trying to say so um so some thoughts um I was thinking about vulnerability and you know in our in, even in our services and and for your you worship leaders you know um but in, in just in in and then I was just thinking about in life I think the more this is my point that I wanted to put out there um the more we construct the less God can move in it at times I think our natural instinct is to build and like, you know, the storehouse dude to put up and do our natural instinct stuff. Um, I think the more we control, the less God can move in it. I mean, in, uh, you know, I'm an engineer, so I'm, that's how I think, you know, I'm pretty like mathematical Alana is very, you know, emotional. <laughs> no emotional. Creative, creative. That's the one. Uh, um, 
Yeah, I guess that's, that's something to think about. Like we build up so many mentalities, we build up so many thoughts, we build up so many understandings, and um, and so many constructs and so many walls and rooms in our hearts that um, uh, you know God can only partially move at times. So I hope that ministers to you. It's been. Been a bit of a revelation for me. The so same with I mentioned you worship leaders. Like, there's encouragement there to have space for God to move. You don't have to construct what has to happen there. You know, let that spirit just roam and see what He does. And that's the same with I was talking about. You know, our minds and. I think, you know, if, if Satan doesn't make you sin, he just fills it with stuff or fills your time up so you don't have any time. And then, you know, you get up and you're quickly going to work or you're quickly sorting and stuff out and what's neglected is that spending that rest and time with God. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yes, it's good. Um, maybe about yeah. Can I can I share a weird thing about time? <laughs> Bear with me. It won't take long. I wrote it down somewhere in my ten pages of notes. Um, you know Moses on Mount Sinai. Um, you know one of the laws uh, was you know. When you work on the land, the, the land should have a Sabbath. So um, you sow for six years and then the seventh year you let the land rest. Well, then they dissipate it and they dissipate it for 490 years and then until they went into exile and guess how many years they went into exile or, you know, to Babylon, whatever, for 70 years. So if you divide 490 by 70, you get a perfect amount of seven years per, you know, six of rest. Does that make sense? Um, and it's described in Second Chronicles 36, 21. It says, until the land has enjoyed its Sabbath. I love it. It's so, <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like, God's word, man, he, he, you know, we can do what we like, but honestly, God's word, he's, it, it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen no matter what you do. It doesn't matter. They just neglected it for 490 years, whatever, and God, now he's true to his word. So the Lord will do his work. Um, I love it. And I was like, I was just laughing. It was great. It's like, yeah, you want to. Disobey me. I'll let my land rest. So good. Um, Cool. Can can I suggest the thought, and I may have said it in the past, but Paul was in chains when he did his best work. Ah, it's amazing. Like, at his most vulnerable state. And if you read... Oh, plenty of the letters and stuff. He goes, and in Timothy, he goes, you know, I'm in, I'm in chains, but 
and in whatever. Like he actually expresses his feeling and vulnerability and like he goes, you know, uh, I don't want to incorrectly paraphrase. So you go read it. You kind of, I'm sure you're thinking about scriptures there, but it's amazing. Like it doesn't matter what situation you're going through really. God will do what he likes and he will use you and especially in your um, weakest moments because he's strong. Yeah, so it's a decision. Like when you, when life isn't going so good, uh, when work's about to overwhelm you or overwhelms you, when you're so busy in the mornings and all of that, it's, you know, it's stopping and going, no, it's not worth it. There's, there's something else that's trying to get in the way of me and my, yeah, God and myself. You know, when your mind is running 100 miles an hour, when you're getting anxious, getting overwhelmed, and, you know, when you're just maxed, you've got to find that rest, that rest in God. And, and um, yeah, so some thoughts for you. I um, think we're going to end, but actually... Oh, I mentioned Romans 12 too. I think we read it, but I actually want to read all of Romans 12. It's not long because it's so beautiful. And we've got it on screen, I think. I'll read you my version. <laughs> um, Therefore, I urge, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That's amazing. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind, of your, by, the remu- by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For each, for just as each of us have one body with mem- many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. That's amazing. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve it. If, it, if it's teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love is sincere. Hate, to, hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourself. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep a spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. It's amazing. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Hmm. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, 
but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be consided. Do not repay every, anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. That's cool. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, he'll heap burning coals on his head. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I th- I wanted to read that whole thing, and let's um. We'll just um we'll sing one last song. So Michelle, if you can jump up, um. Man, that whole chapter is, I really think it's for us at this time. Um, it's amazing. I don't know. I don't know how to unpick it. It's just all of it. So read Second Timothy, but also read Romans 12. Get it in your hearts. Absorb it. Let God talk to you through it. Um, cool. We'll sing... Uh, yeah, what do you want to do, Abs? <laughs> we'll do, uh, what's the last song again? Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just sing um, Lord Yom and Portion, um, like a verse and chorus. I'll let Abby sit here. And then let's just spend a little bit of time in prayer and then um, your ways are higher than our ways, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for your word, Lord. Um, we love you, God. So we just um, just pray for our brothers and sisters and our friends and family and our congregation, Lord, and the people around us, Lord, God. I just pray that, yeah, you strengthen them, Lord. God, let the fire of God burn in us, not, not, not to be like something extravagant to just but just to soften our hearts to soften our thoughts to, to, to correct our minds just to guide us you know let that fire come and invade us Lord God thank you Jesus let us put aside our you know earthly things or stuff our stresses Lord we lay it lay our burdens at the cross. We cast our anxieties to you because you care. We lay all our iniquities to you, God. Just give you it all, Lord God, and we can um, let us be guided by you and set our minds above. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We pray for our, the, the new one that's starting up. God, Lord, move so powerfully in that. We want your will to be done there. Pray for, um, you know, 
Indo Church starting a few hours, Lord God, move powerfully in their service. Jesus, we invite you in. We invite you in. So thank you, God. Pray, God, for protection, Lord, um, on all our, um, you know, brothers and sisters. We pray for safety, God. We pray uh, that, yeah, we, you're with everyone, Lord Jesus. Uh, we pray for um, Tony, Lord God, that um, you heal him in the name of Jesus. Pray for anyone else, Lord, that, um, that's listening or hearing this, that need healing, Lord. We just, yeah, thank you, God. God, your will and your way is so good. It's so good. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We talk to those corrections, those limbs, those things that need correcting, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God. Thank you, God. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We pray for opportunities, Lord, this week um, to do your will and let us not clutter our, our world up. Let's have time for you, Lord Jesus. So we just pray that you work in us, God, in that. Work in our lives, work in our hearts. We invite you in, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Mm. All right. Cool. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys, for joining. <laughs> Let's end there, hey? See you guys. Love yous. Bye-bye.